0: Sorry Lions fans, welcome to That's Good Sports, I am Brandon, I want to fight people like my hero Philip. I never swear but I'll shove a Biatch Rivers perna. Honestly, when Rivers retires, he will make the best bouncer. Can you imagine if Philip Rivers played for the Lions and he did this? The refs would have taken away one of his fucking kids and sold him or her to Bill Belichick. Do you think the NFL... Officials have a problem. Hell yeah. (laughs) For real. Do you think Roger Goodell should do or say something about it? Hell yeah. (laughs) For real. Maybe fire Al Riveron, head of officiating? Hell yeah. I appreciate the honesty, Robbie Anderson. You probably know Rivers has a lot of kids. Why do you think that is? Say I was big, it felt good. Whoa, 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 Robbie, this is a family show. I've heard enough from you. Today, here on this show, I have... The Monday Night Football refereeing debacle debacle that helped the Packers beat the Lions to discuss the NFL has a real officiating problem, and the league is absolutely silent on the matter. I'll also jump back into Sunday Night Football and some of the late games that I already missed reviewing from earlier this week. Lots, of di- lots of di- to discuss. That's good sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. But it's not hard either, just like you. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the privacy of your home. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Again, just go to GetRoman.com slash wire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's Roman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Now, Aaron Rodgers is usually brutally honest, and during his post-game interview, I swear to God, I thought he was going to thank the refs for really helping the team out at the end. es un equipo increíble. Te amo estos hombres. Well, maybe he did, but since I don't speak Spanish, all I can say is how many languages do you speak, Tom Brady? Idiot. Now, the Packers may have gotten away with pass interference in this game and had all of the calls go their way, but according to former kicker Lawrence Tynes, uh, Matt Prater allegedly got away with murder. I'm assuming if you call his gloves O.J. Simpson's, That means he murdered someone and got away with it, and I'm barely certain that is way worse than illegal hands to the face. Unless those hands are strangling the face. Now, to understand how terrible the officials were in this game, you have to understand how Detroit and Green Bay got to the fourth quarter. First play of the game, the Lions run a flea flicker that actually works perfectly to Kenny Galladay. That led to a Matt Prater field goal, which is the story beneath the story. Detroit settled for too many, five to be exact, OJ Simpson hand field goals in this game. The Lions were up 13-0 to because they did actually score a touchdown at some point and stopped the Packers after Green Bay benefited from an early bullshit penalty. The Packers were ready to kick a field goal on fourth and five, But then Detroit botches the substitution and gives Green Bay a fresh set of downs on fourth and five for having 12 men on the field for the field goal attempt. This was Aaron Jones dropping a wide-open go-ahead touchdown pass prior to that. Another theme of the game. uh, That penalty, though, cost Detroit seven points. And according to Pro Football Talk, Green Bay had 13 men on the field on the next drive and weren't flagged. The Lions were also flagged 15 yards for this hit on Geronimo Allison. Live, though, it looked dicey because Allison's body seized up like Roger Goodell having to discipline a player for anything other than weed. But during replay, you can clearly see Walker going for the ball, and he did not initiate helmet to helmet. I get why the refs threw the flag here, because, again, at full speed, it's a different story, but I wanted to point out as many times as I can that the Lions were getting shit-weaseled in this game. I do think Aaron Rodgers had a fun time watching all of his receivers drop passes. This time, it's Jimmy Graham allowing the ball to hit him in the face in the end zone, eliminating a Packers touchdown. And then it was Darius Shepard sliding to the ground to let this pass bounce off of his face and into Justin Coleman's hands for the pick at the goal line. I do have to say, this is a bad throw by Aaron Rodgers. How can a wide receiver look a pass into his own face or see the ball if it's right in front of his eyes? For every field goal the Lions settled for, Green Bay had a receiver or running back not named Marquez Valdez Scantling dropping passes. So in terms of not trying to win the game, that was even. The Packers were down nine in the fourth quarter, and that's when the officials said, don't worry, this is our game now, cheese fuckers. Sports books across the nation need a Packers win, and that's what we're gonna give them. So, which of the atrocious calls do you want to blame for the Lions' loss? The non-PI call that Matt Patricia didn't challenge because he knew the refs on reviews are as good at using their eyes as Packers receivers? or one of the two fake hands to the face calls against Trey Flowers. Personally, I like the second flag because the Packer lineman actually got his hand in Trey Flowers' face. And the penalty there allowed Green Bay to run out the clock. But the first one came after a Lions third down stop which led to the second Aaron Rodgers touchdown pass. And even that is under some scrutiny because Eddie Izzard, I mean Alan Lazard, appeared to be down shy of the goal line. Now, I think Green Bay scores there regardless, but the point is, why aren't NFL officials getting the calls right, especially touchdown calls when they review them? Are their eyes broken or are their brains fucking broken? Some Packers fans have made freeze frames where Trey Flowers' hand may have touched David Bakhtiari's face for a brief second. In video editing, we call that frame fucking. Here's another example of Green Bay having a hand in the face of Detroit not called. None of these should be called. When linemen are battling at the point of attack, shit gets messy. And the only way you call holding or hands to the face is if it directly affects the play or is absolutely obvious. We all know that. I'm not sure why the NFL doesn't. I think Al Michaels' reaction from a shitty call on Sunday Night Football can sum up how all of America feels about officiating. And unlike Booger McFarland, Al Michaels does speak for all of America. That was it. My guess. Knocked the ball out of his hand. What do you Say so. <laughs> we, we just work here. There were just as many wrong calls in that game, but nobody gave a shit because neither team will win anything this year. Even Patriots players were taking to social media to say the officiating is more diseased than Jason Garrett's hands. Donta Hightower tweeting, I don't know about that, is breaking the number one rule in New England. Never ask Tom Brady about the TB12 method. Sorry, no, no. Number two rule. Never question our biggest ally, the refs. I think Zadarius Smith's sack celebration was fitting for this game. There he is, sleeping on the job, just like NFL officials. The question everyone wants to know is, how do we fix this? Well, we can't. The NFL refuses to admit there's a problem, so we can all fuck off. Moving on, traveling back to Sunday, the 49ers beat the Rams 20-7, you know that by now. The 49ers do appear to be very real. L.A. actually got the first score in this game though, early in the first quarter, but that was the last time they would score. It was an end-around round to Robert Woods, just the first rushing touchdown the 49ers have allowed this season, and what feels like the only rushing touchdown for the Rams this season. The 49ers and Patriots look like the two best defenses in the NFL right now. And I bring it up because the first rushing touchdown each defense allowed this year was an end around looks like i found both of their weaknesses so you're welcome opposing offensive coordinators big stats from this game san francisco controlled the ball for 39 minutes jared goff had just 78 passing yards 2.2 air yards per attempt and la had just 187 total yards on offense the lowest in sean McVay's regime the 49ers have a clear identity Run the ball down your throat and play defense. Jimmy Garoppolo might as well just be a passenger in this offense because aside from throw it to George Kittle, who had 100 yards in that game, there's not much for the quarterback to do. A game plan I think Sean McVay will have to implement with Jared Goff. Now, 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala is going to be a hot head coaching candidate next season. And I mean hot. Is he the manliest guy in the NFL? He loves when his defense plays good football more than any other DC in the league. Maybe a little too much. (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, that does make sense because Sala is French for public masturbation. Falcons lost another one, this time to the Cardinals, 33-34. This was the most telling game of the week, I think. Atlanta is as bad as they have looked, and the Cardinals are the best bad team in the NFL next to maybe my Broncos, but with a possible much higher upside because Kyler Murray is getting better every week, but also with a much bigger downside as Vance Joseph is a terrible defensive coach. Kyler Murray had three touchdown passes, zero picks, and his most complete game of the season. The Falcons clawed their way back into this game after trailing by a ton of points. But with just under two minutes left, they were down by seven. Matt Ryan hit Devonta Freeman for his second touchdown reception of the game. And unfortunately, Matt Bryant missed the extra point. So when it rains, it really pours, even inside a Mercedes dome. The sad part for Atlanta, besides everything in their life, is they had their best offensive game of the season and still lost. Matt Ryan completed 83% of his passes and threw for four touchdowns. And he leads the NFL in most passing categories right now. Julio Jones and Austin Hooper both had 100-plus yards, and Devonta Freeman had his best game of the year, and it didn't fucking matter because their defense couldn't stop a rookie quarterback too short to ride a roller coaster. The Jets get their first win against the Cowboys. Now, I knew this was a Jets cameraman, getting hit when instead of the camera breaking, it just changes to a shade of green. So go ahead Jets fans, wear those green shaded glasses. You're fucking winners now. Go ahead, let your lineman punch Tyrone Crawford and not get flagged. You don't play for the Lions. Anything goes. Everything is turning up Jets. Sam Darnold went into hibernation as a boy and came out a big confident man who is Definitely had his first kiss, making an 0-4 team who had scored two offensive touchdowns all season an offensive juggernaut all of a sudden. That's worth the quarantine and spleen bursting to get the respect you deserve. The Jets, yes, the Jets of all teams, had the longest play from scrimmage of any team this season with a 92-yard pass to Robbie Anderson that Sam Darnold kissed ever so sweetly into his waiting arms. Real time with Brett Maher hit a 62 yard field goal in this game, which made me realize how little we care about 60 plus yard field goals now. Steelers dominate the Chargers on Sunday night football. The score says 24-17, but this game was 24 to zero in the fourth quarter. The only way the Chargers could have a worse home field advantage is if they had to give the opposing team a point for every River's offspring to start the game. Everyone likes to say the Steelers fans travel well, but that's not true. There are just Steelers fans living everywhere. They're living among all of us. They're in our shopping malls, our grocery stores, even our children's schools. Someone you know may be a Steelers fan. Phillip Rivers threw a hideous backwards pass that was out of reach for Melvin Gordon, picked up by, oh God, Devin Bush, and returned for a touchdown. Then Rivers got the ball back, followed it up by, you guessed it, throwing a pick to Devin Bush. Is Devin Bush really that good, or does Phillip Rivers just see Bush and lose control? The Steelers did a great job of not asking too much from their undrafted rookie quarterback, the same way they made... Uh, Mason Rudolph looked good throwing short, easy passes. They were also great on third down, converting 61% of the time, which allowed them to control the ball for 35 minutes. Keenan Allen was shut down again and held to under 50 yards for the second straight game, which apparently is the ideal game for a wide receiver, according to him. Although Allen appears to be done with the Chargers, now that they are officially in last place in the AFC West. Suck it, Chargers. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna, and let's just prepare and embrace for an entire NFL season of fucked up officiating. Also, follow at WillKey6 on Twitter. He helps me write these videos. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football, that's good.